You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the fixations in terms of relationship. I know that as we go type by type through the fixations of each of the personality types today, we are all going to be moved to action. And that is so important. So I'm super excited about this season as we are getting organized. And I am so thankful that we're going to get a chance to dig in and do some deep work together today. So stay tuned for this. It's our main event and we're going to hit the deep angles for us relationally so that we don't just learn about what we could with this from any website, but we take it and apply it to how is this affecting our relationship, especially our marriages, and of course ourselves too, because as much as I want you healthy in your marriage or relationships, I also want you just healthy for you because we care about each other. And that's part of being community is saying, hey, I hope you feel better. I hope you can continue to do your work and to grow. And that is truly my hope for you. And I'm doing the same too. So we'll talk about that in just a few, but I want to get reviewing a couple of other things and prepared also for next week's big episode. I prefaced it just a little bit last time, but we're going to be talking about the tri-type. So make sure you revisit the concept in a basic way so you can dive a little deeper with me next week as we really hit it bigger. But this week being Labor Day when we're recording it around Labor Day, happy Labor Day. I want to save that episode for after Labor Day. And today I want to be a teaching episode. It's deep, but it's also something you can listen to even today while you're talking to your family and you'll probably be able to track with me. Whereas that one, I want you back in school, total focus and hopefully redirected to really do some even deeper inner work. So, but today is just as important because our fixations are always with us. So just track with me today and do a re-listen of today's episode if you are listening in a light way and happy Labor Day. I hope you're so enjoying your family today. What a precious gift it is for us to have a day off. Most of us, I'm thankful for my Croatian immigrant family who came to the Northern Peninsula of Michigan to do their work and to be at the bottom of the barrel so that we could be as healthy and happy as we are today. And I know that was many of your story as well. There's a sacrifice behind Labor Day. I know my great grandfather, Simon, was an organizer of one of the unions and that cost a lot for him and for the the people in your life too even if it wasn't that particular gift let's make sure we take a minute to look back and to be thankful for those who have come before and laid the foundation for us sometimes I actually stop and I think oh I wonder and I think they would be really happy and proud to see how far we've come. And a lot of those relatives held me at 99 years old or babysat me in those days, hence my sevenness of feeling like I might not have gotten the best care all the time. But at any rate, I'm really grateful for them. And they did give me everything they could. And your people did too. And sometimes that looks different for everybody, but we're all here today. So we're thankful for that. I also want to make mention of the Enneagram Glow a little bit. Some of you are newer to the podcast than others. And I 
I talk a lot about the Enneagram Glow, and I've got a lot of glow pairings scheduled for this season. And I want to make sure you guys know when I'm talking about the Enneagram Glow, I'm talking about the way each of your types influence one another in relationship. So just like with a chemical compound, we have elements that create that compound and give it a different property. So if you're a seven and a five together or a two and a four, do you create not just your light, but a different light? And this year, my family, we're studying physics. And thank goodness my husband is helping my kids, but we were studying light this week and I was showing them videos and giving them tests and then of course we met during when we were taking physics together and that was one of the reasons I liked him was he was so different from me and so gifted in this area and so as we were getting ready for work today and for life and teaching my husband said to me you know the glow is really just like those chemical compounds. Uh, He said, you know, just like when you enjoy the fireworks at 4th of July, each of those has their own unique spectral line. And that is going to shift in color when that spectral line is blended with another element. And it was just a great reminder for me that when we see those fireworks, and some of us even do fireworks over Labor Day, but when you're thinking about the way that you share your gifts in the world and the way your spouse shares their gifts in the world, it's not always easy. And we talk a lot about instincts and how they rub up against each other or our types rub up against each other. What's amazing is that what you put in together and what comes out is something truly unique. And Wes said that you can even detect stars this way by looking at their spectral line and each star has its own signature as you see God's light reflect. I don't want to get too carried away with this because as you can see, this is not my area of expertise, but relationships are. So we'll head back to that soon. And it's just a beautiful way of saying you guys are doing your work. So be rest assured that your glorious presentation out there is astounding to others, but rest each day. Because when you're tired at the end of the long, hard day and you're annoyed, understand that that's part of the process and you've done your work. Good job to you. But don't forget that rest. Don't forget the rest together, the date nights, no matter how hard things are or how you feel your spouse might not deserve that because they're not the best. We have to bring our best to each other at least for a few hours a week out of the 115 waking hours. So don't forget to give a few of those to each other. Your marriage or relationship is not going to get better if you say, even I have to take every one of those 115 waking hours to complain. No, you can take six to 10 hours and just relax. So anyway, that's your permission for me as the resident seven, but I love you guys and we all bring a different glow to the world and I hope we're all balancing so we're not all one way and I'm certainly not, but I do fall into my traps as we'll all talk about in a little bit as we get into fixations. Another thing I'm always reminding you of is self-care. Make sure you are doing a good job with that, but actually just finished the 21 day challenge with Cassie Ho and my daughter and I finished that up. It was phenomenal. It was hard and it was worth it. So I know that you guys can do your bits and pieces just like I'm doing my bits and pieces and enjoy it as best as you can because you're bringing life and health, more life and health to yourselves than you otherwise would have. And that is research-based. So keep it up. I hope you're doing little bit by little bit, even if you're like, I can't do anything physically and it's driving me crazy. Think about something else you can do like skincare or working on different aspects of your body in terms of stretching. So there's always something you can do for body care. 
And you can also have treats too. I know one thing that drives me crazy and I like it too is both my daughters are always making chocolate chip cookies. And that is a weakness of mine. And so what we've been doing is I will usually now have one or maybe one and a half and give the others away. But as somebody who struggles with gluttony, that's hard for me to have a lot of baking going on. So it's nice to bring in that social instinct and say, give most of these away. And we are so social as a family that there's always somebody to give them away to. And my husband always takes them to work when he can too, because they're medical. They need all the sweets, right? No, I'm just joking. But like, seriously, medical offices do get a lot of donations of sweets. So we just add to that. But I also want to direct you guys to a few other places this week. Okay, so those are some reminders, your glow and your instincts and your self-care and your date nights. Now I want to get down to some goodies for you because I have a great freebie reminder for you and some other resources. So the freebie I have for you is actually not just one, but multiple freebies. And if you go to my website, enneagramandmarriage.com, you'll see that there's a menu item called freebies. And if you go to it, you'll see that has been finished with all of the freebies that we have and they are updated and they are organized and they are beautiful. So that is something that I wanted to make sure that we covered and we are set with those. Thank you again to Julie. She did an amazing job. As you know, I told you about her last week. I am leaving her information in the show notes if you also need somebody to just edit and tweak your files. But a lot of you have had these and our Enneagram and Marriage Workbook is our signature item there. And it is a fantastic resource. Even if you've printed it out before, these are worth it for you to go back to. But do me a favor and do them one by one so that you don't get caught up in I'm having FOMO and I have to print all of them out and do them all at the same time. You can print them all out. You can even read them all out if you like reading like I do. But do one of them at a time take the workbook and say, I'm committing a certain time frame to it. Take as we talk about the big three areas of communication and set a time frame for it. And if you're already working with a counselor or coach, bring it to them and say, hey, there's something I want to work on with you. So don't feel bad that you can't do it all at once. You just can't. Multitasking is a myth. We have to give our attention to one thing at a time. And so I really want to remind you of those awesome resources for you. There's a ton more that I have my Enneagram and Marriage Certified students use as well. And they are also on my website if you're looking for a coach because they have about 30 plus worksheets that they have, but we have almost 10 there for you guys and they are really nice. So please check them out. They're totally free. Another thing I want to remind you of is if you want a deeper spiritual lens of looking through the Enneagram and you want to learn more about it from that angle, don't forget the All Things Enneagram InterVarsity Press Conference coming up in October. Super thankful that I get to explain each type there and that moreover, we get to hear from each of the authors of the Enneagram 40-Day Reflection Series. I've been loving digging in to the five and six books and sharing them among 
amongst my family and friends. And I hope you love doing that too, because we all have different arrow work and lines of connection. And our ultimate goal with our Enneagram work is to get to work with lots of different facets of ourselves and say, oh yeah, I've gotten caught here too. Or, or yeah, this is my wing. And I I do these behaviors as well. So it's really nice to be able to read them, to relate with them. And some of them have just taken my breath away in terms of how accurate they are. Uh, Of course, the one that's my type gets me the most, but the others have shocked me by how much they help me to appreciate others, etc. And then lastly, as far as announcements before we head into our work, I want to make sure that you also remember that as I partner with Truity on various projects, I've been writing blogs for them. And when I did my research, some of you said you did want blogs. I was surprised not many said premium podcasts. Probably the amount of mental work we do together weekly here is pretty good for most of you. People said, I want more blogs. I want more conference. I want more marriage tools. So that's what I'm heavily working on for you, especially the latter two. But I want to let you know that I do have a blog up as we talk about just when your Enneagram work isn't quite enough, what can you do? So that article I will also put in the show notes for you if you're a reader and you just want to see what we have to say about not just the fixations like we're talking today, but we really go into the emotional passions in that article. So that's there for you as well. So let's get started on talking about our fixations, especially as they apply to our relationships. As you know, I usually go through personality types one through nine, and that's what I'm going to do today. Oh, a brief reminder of what fixations are. Fixations are basically the way our thinking can reroute us in unhealthy ways when we're trying to do our personality work. In fact, our personality itself is getting in the way of just God's good plan for our lives. So when we get in the way with it, we usually have good reason for that from the past. We usually are dealing with issues where we say, the reason I solve problems this way or take this mental route, which is now well-worn like a wheelbarrow path, is because It is well-worn and it works. And I know this side route, and you and I both know that even after this podcast, sometimes we're probably gonna take that side route because it's a fixation and we're stuck there. And yet, I hope that we can also say that we have made a lot of progress. And I don't want any one of you to leave this podcast thinking that you can't change because you can. And I would not be in this field and have so many success stories with my beloved clients. And I would have not had so much success in my life had I not done these changes. And we're not saying we're perfect, but you know what? We are doing our work. So therefore, we have grace, but we also have this awareness that we get stuck and it's tough. And these are the particular ways that each type can get stuck. And then I'm going to let you know, as I said, how you get stuck relationally so that you can begin to have the levels of awareness, which just means first you're starting to be aware of this pattern in your life and watching yourself with curiosity and doing that makes a big difference. And you might think that that's no big deal, but it is a big deal because once you start to notice it and see how it's actually not helping most of the time, you're realizing, oh my gosh, why am I even doing this? 
and it helps you to really release it to God and to say, you know what, this is not working. I'm going to do what's healthier and better. So I'm going to offer you some tips for that as well. So the first one I'm going to start with is type one. And I'm going to remind you that the type one issue when they're dealing with their fixation is they're resentful. So it's basically the belief that other people are against me and I'm doing more than everybody else and life isn't really favoring me. Things are going wrong and they're just ruminating and they're feeling like I'm not going to really talk about anger because anger wasn't an acceptable emotion to have. And even though I have it, I'm going to play that way down and they're going to say, you know, sometimes I'm not super angry. I'm just irritated. I'm just annoyed. But what's happening is They're thinking, I'm not really good, and in order to be good, I have to be perfect, so I can't rest until I'm perfect. And they can very clearly tell you when they do get it right, it does feel really good. But unfortunately, most of the time, things don't go perfectly. So unfortunately, most of the time, you're going to have ones not feeling very happy. Now, if they're doing their healthy arrow work, where they're taking that route from one to seven to four, they're going to be a lot healthier here. They're also going to be healthy in this way. And the reason I say the arrow work is it leads the one to have fun when they're in their seven zone and to hit the emotions that they're missing in their four zone. So that's nice arrow work that they get to do because they get to have a balance of their body and gut instinct taking in factual information, trying to make the world a better place. Then they get a chance to enjoy their life in their seven space and say, I have to put it down. Perfection is an illusion. I'll never be perfect. That's a crazy thought to think I could be perfect. And you can listen to B and Uranio talk about that on their CP Enneagram podcast if you ever want to hear episodes on that of each type. But what I really want to get at here for you ones is that in your relationship, this can be very heavy on your partner and on you because they're not aware of how bad it feels inside to be you and how hard you are on yourself as much as they are, especially if you're social or sexual, on how hard it is on them. So they're thinking, gosh, will you ever give me a break? Are you my parent? Are you aware that I'm working hard too? And you have to realize your fixation is just that. So notice it, pay attention to it, and then try to do your arrow work so that you can find yourself in a healthier place. And this is going to come not just for ones, but for all of us by taking some time out also and writing it out because our thoughts are in our head and we have to get them out of our head and onto paper or at least out loud in our car and really say, I see myself falling into this trap. I love myself anyway but I'm also going to be making some better choices for me and my people. And you're probably quite familiar with John Gottman by now after you've been listening to this podcast for a while. And you know, even if you're a new listener, you might've heard that he was the number one marriage researcher out there, that after all of his longitudinal studies, he talks about how the marriage masters are able to give positives to negatives at a ratio of five to one. So we want to include a lot more grace if you want to have the research-based, healthiest relationship. And remember that even as bad as you think you are or your spouse is, there is grace for you. 
So type twos, I want to let you guys know that where you can really struggle and get fixated is on flattery. It's manipulative to say, I have to help people and they have to be able to accept the help I give in exactly the way I give it and give it back to me in the same way. Uh, and that is really when there we say flattery, we're actually saying, yes, they're trying to get help, but a lot of the time, this is a bit complex. Twos don't want help per se in terms of, a lot of you might even say, I've tried to help a two and my two spouse doesn't let me help them or my two friend won't let me help them. Yes, because it's hard taking it in even though they want help, but that's why they don't do it directly. That's why a two gets stuck in flattering others for this purpose is because they don't feel comfortable asking you. So the two needs to remember that when they're not comfortable asking their friends or their spouse for help, it's more obvious than you realize too that you're giving in order to get. So just be aware of the pattern. Understand that its root is probably that you did not feel worthy of love and that one of the main things we need you to remember is that you are worthy of love no matter what you do and that you are able to ask directly for your needs to be met with safe people who are able to give. Because some people are going to say, oh, I don't have anything to give. And that's okay, because God is the ultimate giver. And when can two can step out of the pride of that's their passion and their fixation of flattering others to get their needs met in a nonverbal way, then they can relax and just say, you know what? God's plan is the best. And I'll help out of love. And that'll be my beautiful arrow work is going and getting creative in my four space and loving and believing that I have an artful gift or a a mind that I can use because fours do spend time thinking and retreating and that's okay. And then also going into that eight space and eights can be very practical and put things out into the world and just watch whatever happens happen. So that's your good work to do to combat that fixation. Of course, don't forget the journaling or especially the verbal processing in your car or with a friend or a spouse. Type three, I want you guys to know that your fixation is vanity. And it's just basically believing not that you're better than everyone else 24-7, but that you're important enough to be needed for every aspect of everything you're doing. So it's saying, I'm so important that if I don't do this or help others with my work, then God can't do it without me. And that's really important that you realize it's a fairly unconscious belief. It's not something that you're really trying to say, I'm doing this intentionally. It's just these fantasies of your capacity to make things happen. It's you being able to say, I'm watching myself do this. And I'm also sort of noticing how I go into that chameleon space and moving around and shape shifting, just like all the feelings types can do to a degree, and really trying to make sure every need is met. And just like Taylor Swift, that mirror ball is shining in all those different directions. And it's so important for you to say, you know, me resting is okay. And it doesn't have to look like just sheer anxiety or depression and falling apart. It can look like me finding a hobby that I'm good at and really just sitting in that and enjoying. So your your arrow work is your nine and your six spaces. So it's saying, ah, rest is good and healthy. And you don't have to go crazy in your rest. A lot of threes, when they stop, they just stay in their rest space. Take a couple of hours. 
first just try sitting if you can't even take a couple minutes and take some deep breaths. Get an app. Or if you're already getting a little bit better at this, then you can go ahead and start taking longer jaunts, walks. You can start really really meditating and resting. And then when it's starting to become overly slothful, go back to your sixth space. And here's where instead of just being loyal to all these people and things and saying the world needs me to shine at all times, you're not on that side of six. You're on the side that says, I'm troubleshooting and noticing that if I keep going at this pace, I won't make it. I have to slow down. And leaving it to God is a huge piece right there. Okay, the next personality type is four, and the four gets caught in the mental fixation of melancholy, and it's really hard because you're assuming I suffer because other people have what I don't have, and there's a longing that comes with that because you're not getting what you need, and your spouse is feeling like, hey, what's going on? I thought that you knew your worth, and you maybe even had ranked yourself highly earlier in the relationship or seemed to, and they're not understanding why you feel so low about yourself. And it's hard. We can't do each other's work. So just like the three spouse can't totally force them to stop, it has to be a three thing in order for their family to get anything. The four's family also won't get everything or anything if the four is stuck in the doldrums and just moping And I'm thinking of a character from the Chronicles of Narnia who was a very four-ish or maybe even six-ish character, Puddleglum. I noticed that if you're familiar with this character too, Puddleglum is almost always uh, got something important to say and has a lot of value and worth. And people don't always know that about him at first glance, but he does often realize things are not going to go perfectly and they might go wrong and that he doesn't feel very good about himself, but he still has value. And man, I'm saying that to fours, fives, and sixes. Like even if you're having that feeling of, things always go wrong or my work isn't valuable or I'm not valuable. Just remember that the things in the underbelly of this world are doing just as much as the things above. When you think about the iceberg and all that's going on below, when you think about a tree, and I think of that Tolkien quote where he talks about how deep roots are not hurt by the frost. Totally botched that, but you get my point. You realize that the underwork is still important. What's going on and brewing beneath the surface? You are still important. You still have capacity for bringing that power up and out and to the world. And that's exactly as a four, what your growth path is going to look like is you are going to be working from a place of going into action in your one space. It's a body movement. So fours do very well to get into their bodies, just like the body type here, and they get organized. And once they're organized, then they can help the world from a place of Two-ness and equality at two-ness because twos and fours can struggle with that ranking. And it's just a different place. It's like we're all beloved. We all have gifts, whether seen or unseen, and we all need to get organized and do our body work. So that's your work as a type four. And I hope that you really enjoy that because it's a beautiful process to watch you emerge again from your cocoon. And your spouse appreciates it too because they will not be able to reach you. You have to do your work. And ultimately, that's just the same for all of us. So type fives, you guys have the fixation of stinginess. It's managing the resources of 
everything, your space, your time, your energy, but feeling like such huge limitations are on them and that if you don't hoard that space, others will consume everything and there'll be nothing left. And this one is so false because we know that really when we have that synergy with others, there's something different and beautiful. Just like I explained about the glow earlier, having each star having its own spectral signature That's what happens when you work with others on a project or you reveal this underbelly of what you've been working on. And it's a masterpiece sometimes. And sometimes it'll drive you crazy if you stay down there for too long. So as a five, you really have to do your work, share it in your eight space, whatever the world thinks, there's value in it. And remember that failure is part of the process. So even if it isn't perfect yet, it never will be. Life is a process and fives love process. Fives are able to say, I'm working on something and I'm going deep and I'm going all in and I'm going all the way, but sometimes they forget to share it before they move on to the next thing. So share it in your eight space and then head back to your seven place and release and have fun and laugh. And remember, you don't have to share all your friendships. You still like your privacy, but do understand that you probably also don't need to overanalyze everything about your social life either so that you can just enjoy time with your spouse. Maybe sometimes you don't have to take a separate car. Maybe you can just realize, you know, in my relationship with my spouse, they are more social than me, but I'm also enamored by them. And I also enjoy going out with them and even just sitting in the corner and watching the world go by. And I'm content just learning about people. So just understand that in your seven space, you could do that. You could stay out a bit longer or you could just be innovative even more because fives sixes and sevens all have that innovation thing going on but where you've got to grow is you have to be able to say oh I'm in my body work at my eight and I'm I'm taking time with my life and not just fixating on the stinginess even with feelings I will be able to get through hard feelings So that is going to bless your spouse so much because they're like, are you robotic when you're at your worst? And you're like, well, maybe at my worst, but definitely not at my best. Every single person was given the capacity, even if it takes us a while. Okay, so the type six deals with cowardice. And we know that when they're in fear and they don't get into action, they get into cowardice. So it's really hard because there's that belief that things won't go well and I have to question myself and others. I have to procrastinate. I have to test everything and scan everything continually. And that's an exhausting process. And so then they get stuck right there. And now there's self-fulfilling prophecies and they're saying, yes, see, things turned out badly. But sometimes they turned out badly because their trauma cycle was going on so rapidly that they missed important things and they actually hurt themselves. So you have to remember if you're a six or you have really strong relationships to six and to worry that you have to take those thoughts captive. And as a Christian, I say, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When I notice myself in that space, or I think about Philippians 4, 8, and you just need those reminders. So just like we're telling all the other types, six is you need to take some time to yourselves and process. And even on that piece of paper or in your car, just really talk it out out loud. I often say to sixes, go get in a separate place just for you. And even if you have to interrupt a friend at lunch, if that unhealthy triggered thought comes in and you think you need to, especially with a spouse here talking about marriage, really go there now and maybe ruin your date night because you're like, we have to solve this now. 
remember that you will have that issue to work on in a couple of hours. So I know once in a while, it's an immediate and has to be discussed now. Trust me, I have my own six wing to deal with. But it is also true that mostly everything can wait and is not emergency. So please remember that and your air work is going to be you guys moving into your three zone of action, planning, goals, and then nine space to say, okay, rest and recovery and fun. And don't forget your seven wing for fun because I know you're in that five wing researching, but don't forget you have access to seven. Okay, speaking to sevens, we love to plan and that's our fixation actually over planning. I need to be in charge of life's events because I know how to bring the good. I can bring the fun and I can also avoid suffering. I can get through my grief really quickly. Uh, Something I've learned over the years about me as a seven grieving is that I grieve very slowly because it's hard for me, because it takes a lot of faith to believe that it'll be okay to let those hard feelings in. But I have learned that grief is more of an experience throughout life that we have to embrace and that it will come up at different seasons and it's not really going to end. You're going to have more losses as you get older. If you've ever talked to a senior citizen who's really getting up there in age, they actually say more of my friends are gone now that are alive. And here in Florida, a lot of my client uh, husband's patients are 90 plus. He has all ages, but he has a significant amount of 90 plus patients, even some 100 plus and they're lonely now. And we couldn't say to them, you know, grief is over. You haven't really lost anything. It's like grief is part of the landscape of their lives. Recently, I'm rereading Gerald Sitzer's book, A Grace Disguised, where he had tons of loss and he couldn't prevent it. I don't think he was a seven, but he had his mother, his wife, and his daughter die all in the same accident. And he had to realize that as torturous as this grief was, that there was a landscape he could eventually build around it. But it wasn't just that the grief dissipated, of course. And that's not going to be for us as we get older either. It does collect and you have to be able to allow it into your life seven. So that is for you and your spouse. Even if you're like me and you have a spouse who also moves pretty quickly like Wes does, you have to do your own work. I learned that me and Wes were rubbing up against each other and neither of us wanting to do that work because he goes to seven in health. So it was something I had to learn that was breaking me down if I just said, oh, I'm good. I don't need to process these hard emotions. So sometimes as we're talking marriage as well, you have to tell your spouse, oh my gosh, my growth path. For a seven, the growth path is going to be first you head into your five zone, take some time just for you, and you really slip down into feelings and say, what might I be feeling? What's underneath? And you're probably going to get a word like sadness, and then you're going to have to say, this is hard, and you're going to have to slow down and sit with that. And then as you do, you're going to have to increasingly do that more and more because, of course, the first time you might dip down for all of five seconds. Uh, And then the next time it might be a whole minute. But understand that you can come back from that. I have talked about how It is hard to stay there for a long time, but it's very important. And it's work that we have to do for others as well. We're much better at it for others than ourselves, I have to admit. But after that five space where you're connecting with your deeper thoughts, allowing yourself permission to take yourself seriously and figuring out what you need to do instead of 
just planning, 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 and all these plates you're carrying, you start to realize a lot of what you need to do is letting go, is resting more. And lastly, your arrow work takes you to one into organizing space. So for me, I take a daily jaunt in the morning through this process quite quickly as I'm working out, which you're laughing to say, oh my gosh, this is way too fast. I have to do it regularly as well. We've had a lot of losses in our lives. So that's not when I do that kind of big processing. But my daily is just a quick run through what am I angsting about? What am I grateful for? What do I need to plan and then release plans to God? And then I take some time to organize because I'm already pepped up by that point. And now I can actually go into my one space and organize. So don't be the disorganized scattered seven who can't take that final step. Next, we're going to talk about eights. Eights have an issue with vengeance, not because they're necessarily bad at all. It's just that they're thinking, I need to make sure that things are fair. And if God didn't do it, I will do it. I have to make sure retribution is served and that things are compensated in this world. And I will strategize how to do it. So they can be not only very body oriented, but mentally oriented. And it's really cool because they do a lot of great things in the world, but where they get caught, where it's an unhealthy fixation is I see what's right and wrong better than even God. And I do remember the scripture as I'm talking to all of us right now, and I have an eight wing as well. I can do this too, is, you know, God says that vengeance is his. And that's because we could never, especially, we know, this after age 40, really understand everything going on in each other's lives. And, oh, I know how much your DNA has of every little strand, or I know exactly what you ate today and how your digestive system is working. And I know exactly your trauma and how far you should be along in it. And I know exactly how you were treated by every single person on the planet today and how much energy God gave you. That is not really true, as you know. And an eight takes it as a gut instinct of, I know. And I have to make sure that I plot this and I make sure that I figure out how we're going to take care of it. And you know what? We do need eights to do some good planning and often are very good at justice oriented jobs. And I'm not just like all of us here. We we bring these wonderful aspects of ourselves into marriage to a point and then they can really hurt us as well when we take it to this level of vengeance. Instead, we could say eights go ahead and try to bring fairness to the world. Bring your gift of that body instinct and the beautiful energy that you can offer to people and inspire others. And your arrow work is that you are going to the two space to help others. So do that work. Help, have compassion. These are huge pieces of an eights personality. And then go back to your five space and retreat and rest and think but not with the mindset of scarcity of now I have to hold on to my resources even tighter since this world is unfair. But no, go to the five space and enjoy your rest and discoveries and innovations because you're very innovative as well. And your mental energy is so much better used on innovating and researching and becoming more intelligent and being a powerhouse at business than it is on you getting vengeance. So just make sure you're doing that as a different route. Understand your spouse doesn't want to be reminded always of their past issues. And they also have God's judgment, not yours. So that is not your job. Forgiveness is part of your work as an eight in marriage. The sooner 
the better. That Gottman advice goes for you as well of five to ones with positives. Try not to take more than a couple of hours to stew, definitely not days. Now heading on to nines, you guys deal with indolence and you really struggle because you're realizing, wait a second, I know that others are important and you're struggling and forgetting you're important too. And you are just as worthy as others, but there's no priority there. There's the forgetting of, even sometimes I recently ran into a nine and they I said, what's their personality type? Because I was with some teenagers. We were doing grief counseling together and I had an Enneagram shirt on and the teens all knew their type. The teens knew their type, but then the nine in the room said, I can't remember. I think I'm the peacemaker. And of course, this is just part of that indolence of I'd rather listen to others. I'm not important. And while it is extremely loving, I want you to know that you don't have to hide there. You are so valuable and you actually have the gift of all the types as a nine. So we need you out there. We're desperate for you to share your beautiful gifts. And sometimes you have to really get louder with us because we don't always hear you and you have to use inflection in your voice. But there's this tendency for a nine to say, I don't want to do that because if I use my inflections, I don't know how much energy I'll have. And the good news is you actually are probably the most powerful of all the types with how much energy you actually do have. So I want to comfort you with that as well as to say, bring it. We want you to be woke. We want to see what you've got. And we know some will be jealous. And there are a lot of haters out there when they see a nine get big. And it's like, hey, go big or go home. Like you are awesome. Don't worry if others don't like it. Sometimes they won't. But you know, this is going to be a process just like it is for all of us because you're got, you've got your eight wing there. You've got your one wing. You can bring the order. You can bring the power. And then you also have this route of going to the three space and right away getting busy and working hard. And you also have right away going to the six space, which doesn't have to be the anxious place, but just the place of saying, you know, I'm resting and I'm recovering and I'm troubleshooting for the things in my life because I'm worth it to take the time to do this. So don't forget that process. And I really know that when you do totally take advantage of the fact that you're valuable and you start to wake up and maybe it's through this daily journaling process and definitely some body work coming in, you're just really starting to see, man, I am so glad that I'm sharing myself with the world because I'm needed out here. I'm mature. I'm fun. I have the gifts of every type. I can't believe I thought there was a time when I wasn't valuable. Um, And you're not going to struggle with, you're just as valuable with everybody else. You're not thinking that you're better. Just remember, we love you and adore you too. And I hope you guys have had a great podcast time with me today, just listening and really trying to grow because I know it's not super easy to just put on growth. But I also know that when I was even preparing this podcast, I took some time to do my journaling and I was noticing that I get stuck in these certain areas and traps and I was just able to laugh and also just say, I know this is ridiculous that I think that I have to plan every little thing and that I can't allow Wes or others to influence our lives with any trust. And I just had to really look at that and remember all the good that my husband has brought to our lives by me finally, even if it's a white knuckling release, releasing 
and trusting. So I really want you to know that that's huge, especially if you're joining me in the thinking triad where you may not be as trustful, but I'm doing the work. I feel like, what about Bob when I say that? I'm doing the work, Um, but I am, and I hope you guys are too. And I hope you've had a wonderful time going through these mental fixations with me. Please let me know your process. Please let me know how you like the new revised freebies. Hope you join me at the IVP conference and I will see you guys soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.